When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just love that song. Hey, everybody. Ronald Nesty here from Rock and Roll Heaven here in St. Charles, just outside of Chicago at the Arcana Theater. Hanging and banging with you tonight as we do every Thursday, episode number 47, which uh, who said it wouldn't wouldn't work out? We are approaching one year long of this great uh, Artists on Lockdown show, and every week I get the honor and privilege to be with two legends and icons of rock and roll. I'm going to bring the first one on right now to help me welcome our guest tonight, Mark Hudson my goodness, producer, performer extraordinaire, and uh, uh, guys from the band Dirty Honey, which is an amazing band, amazing rock, rock band, relatively new, been around for a couple, two, three, four years. Love to talk to them. We've got two we got with us. We've got uh, John Noto and uh, Corey Coverstone coming up in just a moment. But first, let's bring him, you know him, from Dio, from Last of Line, and of course, Black Sabbath. Uh, where you at, Vinny? There, <laughs> he does this to me. You're busting my onions again, Vincenzo. Vincenzo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why are you covering Boy. this shirt? What do you got on there this week? Uh, I got a picture of you on this shirt. No. <laughs> I, I, I saw the shirt, and I went, oh, that, that's Ron. I and didn't that's wear my shirt. rock stuff tonight, so hey. you've got to make up for me. What is it? Oh, that Look, looks just like me. <laughs> it looks just like you. When you turn to the side, it looks just like you. The nose. You're Actually, right. somebody asked me too. Is that okay. that guy on that show, the host? That guy. Yeah, that does. That looks like Peter Gabriel from uh, like uh, Musical Box. Uh, I mean, from his. Uh, it's this guy, movie. the vampire. Oh, Nosferatu! My gosh, that's a classic 1930s movie. I got this shirt in South America on the street. Somebody was selling it. I went, oh, that's cool, man. But I think I should have got one size larger. It's kind of. Snug. Oh, you're looking good. Yeah, it's because the shirt's too small. It's not because of the rigatoni you've been having for the last year. <laughs> With regatta. Yeah. Regatta. Let's bring our older brother, I mean our our, our elder brother. He's uh, got a new look. 
Yeah, I'm a little afraid, I'll be honest with you, because I love this old look. I love the purple hair. I know. You, you never know what you get every week. <laughs> but let's see. We almost need a, a drum roll to bring, you know, from Vanilla Fudge, Rod Stewart, Jeff Beck, and a host of other projects. Are you going to do a drum roll or no? I hang on. No, uh, then I can't hear you. It's, well, I can't right. reach. Okay. <laughs> there he is. Carolina Peace. I just pull everybody's ears out. Look at I stopped, I, I stopped dyeing my hair, but I will have purple and black in it but next I week. I got to say, though, it looks kind I mean, you got it. It says it's probably the I nicest thing combed you've ever had it. I'm not combed. See, it's, I just do this, and, then, and that's well, it. Well, no, now it's, it's just, not. It was. No, no, that's what so it was. So you're like, see? hey, you know what? It worked for Bob Barker. It's going to work for me. I think that's where you went with this whole thing. No, right now it's. Uh, Right now, it's in transition. Transition. Now, you look by, by like you're in, week. Isn't that the drummer from the police? No, no. Yeah. I think that's what... Uh, Stuart? Uh, what was your name? Um, what is the... Come on, come on. Keep it coming. Well, no, I know. I thought... <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. I, had, I put this on Facebook. I got 3,500 comments. Yeah, we're not going to say what they were, though. All positive. They were all positive. Yeah, you positively I couldn't believe it. 20 years older. Positively. The thing, yeah. thing is, they're <laughs> not going to say, yeah, it looks, you know, really old or oh, bad. No, there was a few that did say that. Well, listen. But I, I, I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of doing that. Dye. This, what I'm doing now, it's going to be every four to six months I can go in and take care of the dye instead of every four weeks. What about you, Ron? Well, the, the transition worked well for Caitlyn Jenner, so I think I, I see where you're going here. Yeah, that's right. I, maybe I'll be governor. And me, it's not about the color. It's about, I don't care what. It could be pink, purple, whatever. As long as it stays up there. Right now, I'm not yeah, really see, I can do. It. I can do that look, too. You know? I can show a movie on my forehead. Actually, it's, <laughs> not, even, it's not even falling out. It's just sliding to the back. See what's happening. Yeah. Well, I, I, had, like that. I had a picture. I got a picture of me like that, sliding to the back. Hold on. Let me see if I can get it up here. Show it to you. Get it up. This is, hey, turn your this phone is my, off, This too. is my mafia. My phone's off. Yes. This is my mafia Let look. me turn mine off. Can you see that? Oh, that's scary. There you Holy go. cow. That's my mafia Were you on that Boardwalk Empire or The Sopranos? I don't know. I should be on one of them, though. good. Did you have a wig right. to go to, or what was that? <laughs> yeah, that's the same. I just... Put it back and put some dippity doo in it. Dippity doo. Well, dippity doo. Yeah. You are a. Dippity I love that pink you know? gel that all our aunts had on the dresser. You didn't know what they were doing. With. You didn't know what they were dippity doing with it, and I just left it alone. You, yeah. you could. Well, now in the morning, I wake up and I don't have to. I take a shower. I just let it dry. You know, with the hair dryer, I don't have to like do anything to it. And then I just mess it up. And it looks good. Nowadays, you know what they do with dippity. Yeah, right. They dippity right? do it. They dippity, they dippity Listen, do it. Listen, we yeah. could talk about dippity do for hours. <laughs> dippity but do. What I'd rather do. We've got <laughs> some great guests. Last week's show, Rick Derringer, Weird Al, holy yeah. smokes! It was a great was show. Great. We had a lot yeah. of fun. We laughed the whole time. Tonight's show, it's it's just like every other one, man. Just again, heroes and legends. We've got the great Mark Hudson with us. Before we bring Mark, yeah. before we bring Mark to our uh, to our show, I want to talk to these guys because I am so excited about this band. You know, I'll be honest. I just stumbled on them just a few months ago, and they're called Dirty Honey. And I'm telling you, if you haven't heard them yet, you're they're, you're just get, get ready, get their autograph now because it's going to be worth a whole lot very very soon. Let's bring them, John Otto and Corey Coverstone from Dirty Honey. 
Hey! Hey! There they are. They're like, hey, they're doing the Vinny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they left. What's up, hey, guys? First of all, where are you guys? We are in Encino. Ah. Ah, nice. That's Encino. where Ronnie County. Ronnie used to live there. Yep. Yeah. My, my, I've had the same accountant, so put your turn, put, turn up your volume a bit. Yeah, and your microphone. Sure. Guys are low. How's that? How's that? Crank it. As much Crank as you it. can. Even more. Okay. As much How's that? Oh, much better. 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 Much better. There we go. I need more guitar. Bring the guitar up. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. No. Can you turn up the and then more turn cowbell, everyone else more down? More cowbell. More yeah. cowbell. Let's put up Corey to eleven. Anyway, it's so good <laughs> to see you guys, man. And I, I tell you what, you know, you really—I uh, know you've been around for a while. I think you've been on the mainstream about about four years or so, and probably were together a little bit before then. Um, that had a—I mean. COVID sucks for everybody, but you guys were rocking and rolling, rocking and rolling, rocking and rolling, and all of a sudden COVID hits. Uh, it yeah. puts you back about a step, didn't it? It sure did. Well, what are you guys Never been done. doing? Uh, are you ready with some new material? Are you going to hit it hard really soon with the touring? Yeah, well, there's plans for uh, June and uh, also July into September. Uh, they're not announced yet, uh, so we can't really say, but... Um, it's looking pretty good, uh, and we just dropped our our second. I guess it's our first full length, uh, but we dropped our LP on uh, the twenty third. Oh, cool! And we have a single out right now on uh, mainstream rock radio called California Dreaming. Wait, which uh, I love yeah. California Dreaming. By the way, oh, you know, thank you. Very it's much. amazing how you, you think. You know, guys our age, we're thinking mamas and the papas. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hear your version. It's not, it's totally different. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's your California Dreaming. But man, it's, if you guys have a different haven't, song, it, different it's a song. totally different song. That's totally, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, we yeah hear, you say that. We, as I said, it's, it's totally different. But it is really, really, it's going to go places. I'm telling you, because it really hits a mainstream rock feel. I, I love it. Well, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, we, we worked hard. It was actually the last song to uh, come to fruition, actually, for the record, and it was the first yeah. single. Cool. It's always That's something great. like that, That's right? Great. That's how it works. It's always like... But you guys you guys are on a label now, or are you still on your own thing? Nope, we're still out there on our own, baby. That's amazing. Amazing that you guys pulled that off. It might be better off. These days. <laughs> these days. Yeah. Yeah. A lot less, uh, less pressure. I mean, BS. was that the plan? Was that the plan, or was it just so nobody bid on us? So you just said, screw it, we'll do it ourselves? Yeah, it was a bit of both. It, we, we, you know, we shopped around in the beginning. Um, our manager's been in the game since the early 80s. Right. Uh, he actually started as a radio DJ. Then he went to record Who? promotion. Then he Who was that? Labels. What's his, his name? His name's Mark Didia. Oh, I know Mark Didia. Yeah. Wasn't he with Geffen? He was with Geffen, yeah. yeah. Like his initial job there, the first assignment was to radio. promote Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, right. Nice. So, <laughs> and he did a good job with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it worked out, right? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. So yeah, he's like, so he's he's doing your radio promotion. Well, he's got a he's managing us, but he he's so he's got um, a team. He's got, he's a, got team. a team. Yeah, that's and great. So that's we shopped to people, and they said some said no, and some didn't give the right offer. So yeah, his thing was, uh, well, f him. We're gonna we're gonna do this and figure out how to pay for it later. So right, and you can do that these days. Before, you had to put these long budget uh, plans together. Now, just go out there, rock and roll, and do it. Make it happen. Loving yeah. it. You know, we were talking That's about we we're talking about style. I mean, Carmine's style earlier. And again, this is a, like a culture shock for us to see Carmine like this. But <laughs> here's the thing, and I think I know what he was Me doing. Too. I think he was doing. I think he pulled back. 
He said, I'm going to leave it alone for now because our, our guest that's coming on this week, you're going to take some notes about style. Because when it comes yes. to style, there's very few like our next guest. Let's bring him on, the legendary Mr. Mark Hudson. Look at this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's hey. what I'm talking about. Look at that style. <laughs> that style right there. He's totally color-coordinated. Yeah. Well, lots of colors. Hey, 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 you're on, dude. Hey, dude, you're on. Hi. <laughs> hey, Mark. Oh, you're on, Mark. Hey, Mark. <laughs> you know what? Carmine, you know, you look. I like the white hair. Me too. It's pretty cool. But I'm gonna. I'm putting, I'm putting some color. Don't, don't bust my balls. I'm putting some color <laughs> in on Tuesday. No, but you look like Peggy Lee. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, John and Corey. <laughs> Peggy Lee was. Oh, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> pretty soon Carmine will have hair like this. It's like I had oral sex with a bag of Skittles. <laughs> but you know what? I, you know, but I know where you got accurate. that color combination from, Mark, because it's a little known fact, probably, that you're an Italian American and you just looked at a at a box of Spumoni and said, "I want that." <laughs> I am. I want that look, and I use it. Uh, sure. Now, how are you an Italian American from Oregon, no less? My real name is Mario Come Salerno. Come on. Oh. Get out of I here. I swear to God. But listen, I swear to God, we had to change our name because we thought the Salerno brothers should be shot out of a can <laughs> or juggling. <laughs> so we figured, let's just name it after no. a river, a car, a fruity actor. Just get it over. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that. So we, yeah, changed the name. Mario Salerno. Calabre Siciliano. Oh. And, uh, and that yeah. was basically. All my aunts have mustaches and shit. It's horrible. <laughs> I See, I learned a lot on this show. Last week, I learned all about, you know, Rick Derringer and, and stuff that... Weird out. He was Johnny Winner and... Yeah. Because it was the McCoys, and the McCoys were so bubblegum that they didn't want to yeah, call Johnny Winner and the McCoys, so they just called it Johnny Winner and... I never knew that. That's unbelievable. Hang on to yeah. yeah. man. Well, you talk about bubblegum, uh, Carmine, you know... Uh, the Hudson Brothers. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> yep. I think it kind of defined that. It wasn't a bad thing. I mean, it was something no. that really... No, look, you know what? You got to understand something. Pop music means popular. Right. And a lot of the guys that are heavy metal with big hair and padded shoulders, they got nothing. They can't dress to the left or the right. Their penises just go straight out. Oh, I've noticed that. You know, it's interesting. Take notes on this yeah. show. Not something I noticed, but uh, <laughs> thank no. you, Benny. Take notes. <laughs> I'll look closer. Yes, a lot closer. <laughs> Listen, you know what? That's why. we thought we part. thought it'd be really cool to have the new guys and the old guys uh, together. I'm I love a blast. I love the this new is, guys. Yeah. I I've been checking on your stuff, man. You guys rock. You know, I produced Aerosmith, so I understand. You know the a sort thing of, or a million. Yeah. <laughs> you know guys that can rock. You guys can fucking rock. Well, thank you. We've got a guy that's... here who's produced everything from, I think it was like 12, 12 albums for, for, uh, for Aerosmith, like eight albums for Ringo Starr. Did, did uh, uh, you. I Ozzy mean, it just goes on oh, and wow. on. Wrote, and, and even Hanson, the little. Before they're Yeah, but the biggest thing you ever did was sing. At my opening of my book at the at the uh, cutting room, that was your biggest I was there. The highlight. I was there, and I How loved fun that was game. that? How fun was that? Are you kidding? It was a it was a yeah, blast. We had Paul Schaefer the, come in and play keyboard on one track, and we had a great know, the, band. The best part about the best part about doing music is that it's free. Yeah. And to me, I think I don't care what you like, whether it's rap, jazz, country, 
A good song is a good song. It's true. Even that fat fuck that did Gangnam Style, yeah. the Korean guy. Yeah. I don't know what he was saying, but <laughs> yeah, good right. for him. Oh, yeah. Save your money. You yeah. sure you're Mark? Mark, Mark, are you, you, are you have, Is he having an earthquake over there? <laughs> I know. You want some speedboats <laughs> on some no, I, <laughs> I, Oh, my God. We're I'm in sorry, California. I'm a hell, we're, we're cool. I'm a handheld kind yeah. of guy. You sure your biggest gig wasn't doing uh, background vocals for Leif Garrett? <laughs> That's a big gig. In fact, you know, that oh was the scary part. God. That was actually... No, Could but you, you know what that? ended up happening? Yeah, but you know what happened? Wow. Because Leif had a little trouble singing. Yeah, that uh. we know. And so they would, they, would, <laughs> they would call in me and Ron Dante to come and do the... I was made... <laughs> I was a studio singer. But, so even when you see Joni mm -hmm. Loves Chachi... I was Joni and my brother Brett was Chachi. Oh we were doing people's voices because we needed to make a living. Was that pre-Archie's Ron Dante? Uh, yeah, Ron Dante, yeah. Well, it was around was the same like a, time. Was he like a Bieber of the 70s? He was just, no. He was no, a no, studio Leif, singer. No, I mean, Garrett. I, yeah. Leif Garrett, sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Leif was huge. Big time. Yeah. He was on, the, on yeah. the cover of all those... 16 magazines and oh, all, yeah. those, all those magazines with it yeah well you know it was, it was weird with the hudson brothers because each one of us had a, like my older brother bill who married goldie hahn as in kate hudson my oh, niece wow. nice. my younger brother brett was on oh Tiger wait a minute Beach, kate hudson's 16. your niece yeah yeah oh, wow but, i didn't know my that. younger brother brett was with she doesn't tell anybody on 16 <laughs> no i tell everyone no she doesn't <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> i I know. Well, she I mean, does the, she really does the denying yep. part. Right. Hey, when you got the last name, how can you deny <laughs> it? True, right? But it was weird because my older brother, Bill, was charming. He was kind of like Clint Eastwood with a guitar. Mary's Goldie. My younger brother, Brett, he had his shirt off on 16 Magazine. I was just talented and well-endowed. <laughs> and that's the end of my story. See, back then, well-endowed meant you had money. That's and a not totally that, not that hanging straight. And <laughs> not one of those hanging yeah, right? straight weird penises. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I go to the left. Yeah. To the left. Yeah. Real that's man. Over, that's over here. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know what? See, right I, I never know what I'm going to learn on this show. I just learned. I never knew that. So did you have to yeah. change your name legally? To Hudson on yes. the license and passport yes. and everything? No, we, no, we changed, changed it legally. So nothing says the Italian name Salerno. Well, no, no, no. It, it's still there. In fact, my publishing company is Salerno yeah, Sound. I love that. Ah, okay. There you so go. you can't get rid of the name. Ah. It's just that, you know, when you think of the Salerno brothers, shot out of the yeah, pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cookies. That's like Vinny, Vinny's got a peachy music. There you my, go. Mine okay. is my first apathy music. Apathy music. Apathy. Do you have to do that when you say it? Like, like when you're talking apiche. Well, that's the Italian. That's the Italian name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wanted to ask the young spring cells. <laughs> okay. <go ahead. laughs> when, when you guys write a song and stuff, yeah, does the whole band do it, or is there like a main writer and gives it to the band? How does that work? Well, out? there's. It generally starts with Mark. The singer and I, but it always goes through everybody. It's not like a "Hey, Corey, here's the finished song." Right. In set in the sense right. of like. So, so in the end. Yeah. In the sense of like, yeah. I'm going to tell you what to play on drums. That never happens. Yeah. So, so do you guys. That makes so sense. Here, here's the big goes, question. You split the writing. Here's the big you question. Split yeah, the we split it. yeah, we split That's it. Good That's a good, That's way, a good to way, to way to do it. You guys will stay together for a long time. Yeah. You but know what? It's like the clinics. That was the idea. At clinics, I would say to uh, drummers, I say, look, make sure you get involved in the writing because if you don't, 
the singer and the guitar player will ride around in Lamborghinis and you'll have a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what they say in Nashville, write a word, get a word. <laughs> yeah, that is true, yeah. We don't quite adhere to that, but um, yeah. yeah, we have a we have a, a scale for the for the yeah. band and Yeah, uh, we've done that too. It's yeah. great. That's a good that's a good Very thing, good man, thing. because you know what? You'd be so shocked about what can be added. I mean, so many times when I was producing Ringo Starr, he would say who? like who? Uh, Ringo the uh, Beatles. Who? Oh, oh Richard, say, Richard, okay. Richard, yeah. Another drummer. And he would say, like, he would come move up your with hand, hard day's Move your night. hand. Your hand's in the way. No. <laughs> oh. He would say Hard Day's Night was his title. Hey, what? Wait, say that? What? What? Come again? Hard Day's yeah. Night was Ringo's title. Oh, okay. okay. And, like, he would say stuff like, oh, eight days a week. <laughs> and they would just, <laughs> but he wouldn't get ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, oh, see, no. Side note, side note. I recently did this. I wanted to ask you guys this. Clear something up for me. I recently did this Instagram post or with stories, and I, I was listening to just Hey Jude. And I and I was listening to When the Drums Come In, and he does that fill where he's like, do, 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 do. And he goes to the ride cymbal for like two and a half beats, and then he goes back and does the fill again. And then he does that beat again. And I did this whole post about, I was like, I want to imagine that, what happened there was he realized he came in too early and just did the fill again and then did it. And they said, fuck Probably. it, it sounds great. Probably. But then all these other people said there's this story where he was actually on the toilet and he like was supposed to be on the intro of the song. And just, that's just when he came in. It was a whole oopsie. He was he was supposed to be in from the top of Hey Jude. I don't believe the toilet. So much, so much. I know the toilet one sounds ridiculous. Man, like five people be like, "No, man, he was on the shitter." Let me tell you, we used to do that stuff whenever you did something because in our day of playing, we used to play, and if you made a mistake, do it again. Right. So it doesn't look like a mistake. Right. You know. Well, John John Lennon actually said, "Make your mistakes louder." They'll think you did it on purpose. Right. Saves tape, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, so much of that stuff, you know, half of the great thing about music is the accent. Yeah. yeah. You know, your, yeah. Mark, your, your, uh, your reference, your second John Lennon reference, and obviously you've got such a history with Beatles, Ringo, Beatles, the Beatles Fest, all that stuff. But it's really something because we've heard a lot of, obviously, Leninisms over the years, but it seems like your take on Leninisms are really behind the scenes. Well, you know what, I mean, I, it was weird because... I actually got. Who, I mean, they were, they were my favorite band of the world. I just saw Marco, Marco Hudson. I'm sorry, dude. Marco Hudson. Hey, Mario. But you know, it actually was weird because when I met John Lennon, my brothers and I were signed to Elton John's label. Bernie Toppin was our producer, and at Rocket Records in L.A., Lennon was there, and all the L.A. people were being groovy, going, "Oh yes, I think there's a Beatle upstairs, but they've broken up." And I went. A beetle, boom! I run upstairs and sitting in the corner by himself was John Lennon. And I walked up to him and I went, John, you don't understand something. I know you're the walrus, but I want to be the walrus. I know you have Yoko, I'm dating the black girl in Coco, please. And he thought I was crazy. So he said, sit down and talk to me. So I said to him, she's well acquainted with the touch of a velvet hand like a lizard on the window pane. That's so deep. And he went, it meant nothing. What? It sounded good coming off my tongue. He goes, ask me one Beatle question every time you see me. I'm okay. You ask me two, I'm going to punch you in the fucking <laughs> So John Lennon actually hit me four okay. times. 
Yep. But did you get the myself. answers though on that second question? Oh, I got all the answers. It's well, so great. you were you were working Thanks. so uh, early on, obviously with uh, with Bernie Taupin, and uh, so you know you be, you've become you grew into uh, a producer. I mean, extraordinary times infinity kind of thing. Um, was working with Thank Bernie. You. I mean, how much did that affect your style of producing? That those guys. Well, you know, uh, you know, all of it did because Bernie was a lyricist. So he was so much more about the song than he was about the sound, yeah. which was interesting. But that's what he cared about. But then when I worked with Phil Ramone, it was just the opposite. He was like a sound wall of sound, and he beat me up for three, for three years. He beat me up. Yeah. Who was the second but, guy you like, mentioned? Phil Ramone. Phil Ramone. Like. Uh, I'm over here Googling Frank Sinatra. That's great. Yeah. He was like Frank a Pope of pop. So you guys, yeah. 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 Frank Corey, I mean, you know, the, the fortunate or unfortunate uh, situation that you guys are in, you know, you, you come into this rock and roll scene and... Uh, you, you know, again, fortunately, unfortunately, maybe you're, you guys are compared. Uh, you know, we got a great uh, band out there, Greta Van Fleet took the country by storm. And every time you say Greta Van Fleet, you know, uh, uh, people are saying, well, they're the next Led Zeppelin or they got a Robert Plant feel and all that kind of comparison thing. You guys. Not anymore. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I, I don't get it. Purpose, I think the least. I think the least thing. The lead singer looks like yeah. Frodo. Dude, I don't understand uh, we, that. I, yeah, like he's living under a mud. I'm just saying. I'll just say this. We're, I've been literally this week rewatching the Lord of the Rings, and there it is. There it is. Yeah. But you, you guys have been kind of, like you said, compared to a little bit of the the whole GNR thing. I mean, is that something that you look as a, as a kind of a compliment? You're like, no, man, that's not us. It's, we're we're something different. What do you think, Corey? I think it's a compliment. When did Corey get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm petting the dog. Yeah, we gotta. We you gotta know what? There's not dog. one band that you can. There's not one band that you can name that didn't have an influence by somebody. Yeah. And whether that was Michael Jackson with Jackie Wilson, yeah. whether it was McCartney like mm -hmm. Little Richard, everybody has something that yeah. they dig. Make it a compliment. Did you? Uh, did you get anything? I mean, I know you worked a little bit with Slash. You opened with Slash. Was that something mm -hmm. that that affect any of, of your appearance, your 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 uh, uh, performance style at all? Did you take any notes, that kind of a thing? Um, not particularly. Uh, from, you know, we take we do take notes, I guess. Or not it, particularly, it, but he did just show up to a meeting the other day with like a classic slash axle leather jacket. Right on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally so did, a style thing. I had thing. to get it. Yeah, for sure, a style thing. Me and me and especially. Uh, our bass player Justin, uh, myself, and him are big Slash fans. Um, we take a lot of notes, style-wise and just attitude-wise, from the the sort of the classic period of Guns N' Roses. Um, you know, our singer loves Aerosmith and Black Crows from a style perspective, mm -hmm. a ton. Um, I rock Normcore pretty hard. Yeah, he's a Norm. Are you do you guys know about Normcore? What you know about Normcore? Norm, what, Normcore. What, what is that? Well, What's it's up? like a Meshuggah. S <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a Meshuggah fan, aren't you? You're a Meshuggah, a Meshuggah fan. Corey is a Meshuggah fan. I know that for a fact. <laughs> yep. Normcore is just like uh, t-shirt and jeans, sneakers. Oh. It's like, wow, it's, I just realized it that like, means ACDC is like Normcore. That's true. Is that like a Seattle oh, thing? Shit. Feel? 
Seattle's maybe more grungy flannel. A lot of flannel yeah, involved yeah, in that. Yeah, flanneling and dirty. You know, it was interesting when when I was working with Aerosmith, we went to see ACDC, and they invited us to go backstage. And at that point, the lead singer, he only had white noise as a voice. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the second one so or the first this. one? No, no, Brian the Johnson. One. Brian, Brian. Steven, Then we hear this yelling in the other room, and it was like fungus and anus, the, the two brothers. <laughs> and we walked into the other room, and they were, name. I swear to God, they were like five foot one. I like know. The tiniest, yeah. They're very the short. They are, really. No, they look like aerial pictures of a human. They were like tiny. Oh, man. That was kind of, and they were, <laughs> and they were kicking each other. But I don't mean like kung fu. I mean like. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of our Argument. experience meeting um, uh, Robert Daltrey and Pete Townsend. Wow. Right? Oh yeah, Roger, they were like oh, yeah. very uh, short human beings, very nice, yeah. but yeah. also couldn't couldn't um, hardly understand. Well, how tall are you guys? How tall are you guys? Though? Speaking of that. Is my other mic not no, working? No, it's fine. Yeah, no, They're working. Both mics are working. No, how, how tall yeah. are you guys? If, if Pete Townsend and Roger Dalton. I'm 5'9", 5'10". Well, Roger Dalton isn't that short. Well, he's like 5'4". Maybe they're shrinking. No, Daltrey's is yeah. a little, you know I, what? I've you met were, him and I practically look at him straight in the eye, which is really, really cool for me, but Townsend's taller. Yeah. Townsend's taller. Yeah, yes. he is. He's very much. And you know, if you look at yeah, if you look at Greta Greta Van Stench, <laughs> that the lead singer has real big feet, so he looks like the letter L. Typical <laughs> 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 thing. What the heck's going I'm sorry, on? Sorry, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really. not haven't really met him in person yet. So. We're, we're friends with those guys, especially the drummer. I hope they're not watching now. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, listen. I don't look at if they're successful. Good for they, them. They're doing great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing you know, great. Good and for they, them. They, uh, they have a loyal fan base that is yeah. f for sure following yeah. them on their journey, which is amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm friends with Jason Flom, who I think discovered them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, went and, yeah. I went and saw yeah, him. Yeah, Jason. I saw him. <laughs> hey, I saw him. It counts for something. I, I went backstage him. with Kodiak. <laughs> you know, they met Kodiak and all that stuff. Mark. And Kodiak. Mark, Mark just gave some songs to Kodiak to, to do. Yeah. They're going to do two of them, by the way. Mark, so you're a producer extraordinary. We've covered that. You got a band that's coming up, and I'm sure you get. I mean, you're one of those guys that every time you go into an elevator, someone's trying to pitch you a song or pitch you a band. You're standing at a urinal, they're trying to pitch yeah. you something. I don't know what that is, <laughs> but what do you? But, right. I, but I also see that you are working with some new bands, with some, um, with some uh, 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 new situations. What do you look for? What, what makes you say, you know what, this band's got it? What What is well, you know what it really what it really comes down to, and Phil Ramone, the famous producer that taught me, he said it's three things: the song must be first, yeah, singer second, and band third. Because you really can't name a musician that can't be replaced. Maybe an odd Jimi Hendrix or whatever, or the, the Apiece Brothers. Yeah, thank you. But for most <laughs> part, that you virtually say, try to write a song. And I know some of the most incredible musicians in the world. Can't write a song. And they cannot write a song. So I always look for the song first. Hey, guys. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to Hanging and Banging right here on Artist on Lockdown. All right. So I just want 
I just want to say that that was one of the most riveting performances I have just, seen in a long see time. Was. Did you see me in the it back? Made, it made John leave. John just said, screw this. I'm leaving. <laughs> it, was, it was a good performance. What kind of car say. was that, Vinny? Uh, Carmine. Carmine. Sorry. That was uh, Maserati. Yeah. Well, he was valeting at the yeah. time. He works on the weekends uh. at the country club. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that's a quality comic. That's quality comic work. Thank you very right much. Thank you much. I tell you, Ron's getting good at this stuff. Man. Man. He's learning. He's learning from Vinny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me tell you he's something. Go on the road. Vinny Apathy is one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet. I'm not blowing smoke up his skirt, but I'm just he's saying right. he's got the driest, and he'll sit there like that, like he's an intellectual type because we know he's not. But all Calculator. of a sudden, it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see me in the back seat? Did you see me in the back seat? Thirty minutes left, Vinny. Let's go. Did you see me in the back seat of the Maserati? Hey, you missed him. I didn't see it. He was making faces. I was in the back, and were you really? <laughs> you were not. Wouldn't but... let me sit in the front. Hey, wouldn't even oh, let you sit in view. Yeah, yeah. still treating him like a once a little brother, always a little brother. That's the deal. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, you know, wouldn't let me drive it either. Text Vinny. Uh, yeah, he's never been here yet. I know. You know he won't. Even, he won't come to Florida. He's afraid of our dog. Oh my gosh! Vicious hound, <laughs> hound of the Baskervilles. Right Mark. there. <laughs> Boom. Mark, I, there's something that I, that I saw was really really cool. Can you talk a little bit about the 2005 uh, Tears of Heaven thing that you produced? It was just like amazing combination of performers. Yeah, I was. Uh I was in England doing the X Factor with Sharon mm -hmm. Osborne when the tsunami hit. And she said, we have to get some people to do uh, a song. So I got permission to do Tears in Heaven and Clapton and rewrite a bridge. And then I just got on the phone and called everybody that I knew. Uh, Elton John did it because Bernie, Sharon, and I. Oh, that was great. Rod Stewart came and did it. Uh, Gwen Stefani, she was married to that guy in Shrub. What was yeah, the band? Yeah. No, it Shrub? was uh, Bush. Oh, Bush. Bush. <laughs> At the time. Bush, yeah. And, and, okay. every, and everybody, Shrub. everybody and their mother <laughs> was doing this. I got Steven to do it. Didn't. Wait, wait, Vinny, I didn't get a call, did, did you? Uh, I did. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah, I, I, I called Vinny. But didn't didn't put Chuck in Atlanta, too? Dirt color hair. <laughs> no, it was all the track was cut by uh, uh, Gums okay. and Noses. Slash. Uh, was Duff. was Bocelli on that too? Yes. And you know the weird thing about Bocelli, because some of the stuff I was like calling in, and this guy calls me up and goes, "Hello, Marco. This is Armando with, with mm -hmm. Bocelli. He's ready to sing on the fucking." <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's great, but I'm not ready for him yet because. He doesn't come into the bridge. Okay, Marco, I understand. Click. Uh -huh. 20 minutes later. Hello, Marco. Armando. Marcello is ready to sing. Oh, the fuck. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't find the phone. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for him yet. And, to, and then finally when he did, he was incredible. And it was great. But dealing with the... As soon as you've got to deal with managers and agents, that screws up. Yeah. You know what I mean, Vin? If yep. you can just talk to the act, they really want Absolutely. to be involved. Yeah. 
But as soon as you get Shecky and Murray, yeah. <laughs> those guys change yeah. it all, man. If they just left it up to us doing the music, I mean, it was it was an we honor for me blast, to do that. But we did so many great. great. That sounds great. Oh, it's, it's you guys got to <laughs> so see it. It's, it's tremendous, and uh, and the tears of heaven. Um, I mean, just it just sets the mood. It sets the tone just by calling it that. Yeah. No, I know, and it made a lot of money, which yeah. was good. I mean, half of the thing is. You know, every song I've ever written, I've written for free. And the fact that it becomes, it's like, I'll give you a perfect example. I wrote a song with Carol King for Aerosmith. And Stephen heard it and started to cry. Yeah, 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 it's fucking great, yeah, yeah. And he said, this is great. Joe Perry hated it. So it got thrown off the record. Now, at that point, they were selling roughly around 13 million albums a shot. Wow. But I thought, well, there was another song out the window. Then three months later, I get a phone call going, uh, Mark, Celine Dion just cut your wow. song. And all I knew was she was a thin Quebecian that hits her chest. I knew she was big, but I didn't buy any of her stuff. George Martin said it sounded so beatily that he asked to produce it. So he produced the wow. record. It ended up selling 24 million <laughs> copies. It paid for my divorce, my penis extension. <laughs> it paid for like a million other things. What song was it? How? It's called The Reason. Oh, yeah. It was on the Titanic. Oh, yeah. The Reason. Um, you are the reason. How oh much God. was the uh, uh, penis extension? amazing. She's, I kind of like have a, that's my guilty pleasure. I could listen. I can actually listen to Celine Dion. Not all the way through. I can't. I can't adult contemporary myself for too long. Right, She's right. Ridiculous. You know, but she is unbelievable. Like it. No, she can yeah. sing. Yeah. yeah, and it was weird because there was a one of the lyrics. I was thinking Aerosmith. There was it said, "I'm going down because I adore you. I want to floor you." And Carol King went, "No, no flooring." Hudson, you're a walking hump. She's not going to go for that. And I said, I'm, I'm being metaphoric. Like, I want to floor you by my behavior. You're floored by my behavior. Or, bada bing. <laughs> the other floor. Take your pick. It's metaphoric. There was a little, there was a little Charlie yeah. Callis there for you, uh, for you people callous. out there. <laughs> but anyway, when we, when we ended up meeting with Celine Dion, she walked up in real cute. She went, my favorite part. I want to floor you. <laughs> It was her favorite line. See? And then I said to, to Carol, I said, Carol, don't fuck with the king. She went, that's right. I'm the king. <laughs> You're right. the king. <laughs> <laughs> but was that, was that, okay. if, if, uh, uh, Aerosmith didn't accept that. Was that before or after you wrote Living on the Edge for them? I mean, it was after. So, so you write Living on the on Edge the... for Aerosmith. Wouldn't they take anything? If you burped, they'd say, okay, we'll record that. Yeah. yeah you see, but remember, they're a band. Yeah. And, and like you guys must know, when you're a band, everybody is sort of everyone has sort of an opinion. Oh, we do, yeah. Of, of what we should do. You know, you, you talk it through. And Stephen yeah. loved it. I think Glenn Ballard was producing at the time, who wrote Man in the Mirror, who produced the Alanis Morissette record. And he loved it. Stephen loved it. And Joe Perry just said, I don't hmm. get it. Well, so cool. I watched it go out the window. But it's okay. I'll use 24 million. Anyway. Yeah, no, I know. So that's a failure. That turned it so yeah, I'll use that example <laughs> now for, for when Mark loves a song and I hate right. it. Right. See, you got practical like, hey, experiences there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, I mean, you've got to be able to get through that. Yeah, true. I mean, true. obviously, as a as an outside songwriter, I was mm -hmm. devastated. Yeah. Yeah, Aerosmith. You know, but then all of a sudden, they were selling 13 million. So then Dion sells 24. 
my divorce, my penis <laughs> extension. I became a tripod after that. <laughs> so you got all these legends and all these amazing, like his, we're talking historic guys, uh, John and Corey. I mean, you're talking rock and yeah. roll history thing here. When you, you know, I saw a great video, you guys at the Viper Room. And um, oh, Lockdown Live. Lockdown Live was just fabulous, man. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> yeah. Thank you. And, but, you know, you obviously, I'm sure they told you, you know, of, of the history, you know, of the Viper Room, not only inside the Viper Room, but on the sidewalk outside. I mean, all that <laughs> yeah. stuff about the Viper Room. Oh, yeah. Did you feel anything? Yeah. Did you, did you, appre did you feel you appreciated that history? Any of that uh, connection to the Viper Room when you played it? Oh. Not I'm going to say no, <laughs> but I, I will say that um, it's a big buildup of a that, question for that. Yeah, yeah so, well, that, was a, that was a good question. <laughs> nope. In in that area, though, in Hollywood, there's the Viper Room, there's the whiskey yeah. and all those kinds of places. And, and I will say that playing at those types of places for me, I grew up a huge Van Halen fan. My dad showed me all that stuff when I was really young. And. So they had that one video, I can't think of the name of the song right now, but it was with Sammy Era, and they're doing the live show at the Whiskey, and the, vi the music video is like them oh, yeah. there, and it shows the crowd. So being in that area and playing at a venue like that, it, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's like, oh, shit, I'm at this place where Van Halen once was or whatever, or near, yeah, near there. Yeah. For sure, that's cool. Well, I'm glad because, you know, there's so much of that. That, that history and that uh, that legacy, those legacies there that kind of ooze out. And we love to have, you know, it's, it's nice to see the next generation of rockers really like taking it in and uh, and feeling it. And we've I've talked to guys that have been on this show and some other guys just in my own world here that I ask them about that kind of thing because they say that, you know, music, so much of music is, and Mark, you can talk, speak to this, but so much of music comes from within. It comes from your feelings, your soul, all that, all that juicy, gutsy stuff sometimes. And sometimes it's not you just stub your toe and you write a song about it. But we'd like to think that some mm -hmm. of the, the history and all, all the all the history that yet you experience has something to do with your songwriting. Yeah. Wow. I would add actually to the to stay on the Viper Room thing for a sure. second. My the the reason it wasn't so uh, whatever nostalgic or whatever for me I think is because my first experiences there was playing. Uh, a snare drum case as a bass drum and brushes on a snare for some singer-songwriter in, in that bottom yeah. room that smells like fish. The little fish. one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> little, like, oh, God. Yeah, they, they called that the fish room. room. They even had a problem with me using a, you know, such a tiny little kit because they were like, this is an acoustic show. You can't have a drum set. I'm like, this isn't a drum set. This is <laughs> It's a drum case. Uh, you see a kit here? So it's a drum. I'm, play, I'm playing the, 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 a beer box. It's a drum and the case that I carried the drum <laughs> in. And you That's a good idea, using the case as the bass drum. Heck yeah. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, for that. So, you know, the scary part of it is as soon as he, it's usually not the musicians that are the problem. It's some guy that thinks he's running oh, yeah. the place. Well, some musician that didn't make it off. and he's pissed off at the world because of it. Yeah, it's actually, actually it was really it was really funny. The guy who did sound at uh, the Viper Room, cool, cool, cool dude. Shout out to his name's Dish. He's a, a sort of ex pro drummer, but he was like he really played for real acts. And I was like, who did you play for, man? And the most hilarious answer ever. He was like, I was the third, seventh, and also eleventh drummer for Candlebox. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he played toured with Pretty Boy Floyd and some other dudes. You know, of that, of that era, yeah. yeah, yeah, and some of those '90s yeah. things that went along with that. 
But that was the funniest answer I, I ever heard. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. He's like, I'm serious. They called me back three times after between four guys. <laughs> you know, Mark, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the Hudson Brothers thing because you, you, there's so much more about you, you know, obviously. But, you know, I, but, like you know, I, I loved it. Okay. Was that an original? Hmm. Was that an actual hmm. lyric yeah. or was that thrown in? And so you're a star. No. We, no. I did it. I, I wrote that song, and my brother Bill started dating Goldie. So it was "So You Are a Star, and Nobody Knows You." Like oh, so it's I like, did. okay, oh, I got it. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, I thought it was something you threw in. Nobody knows you like I do, and it was extremely Beatleish. And then later on, when I did a solo album, Ringo played drums on it. Uh, so it kind of came full circle for me that he played drums. And you know what? I've never heard a drummer play a song. Like yeah. Ringo Starr. Yeah. He knows what to do and when to yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask. We, we always said Ringo's the first drummer that I knew of that uh, when he first came out, I wasn't really into him. I was into R&B and stuff. But later on, I got to appreciate the fact that he made up drum parts. Yeah, drum parts. He didn't just Spent play drums. Yeah, he didn't play. But also, yeah. you know, he was also left-handed. Really? So he played a, right, yeah. a right-handed kit, left-handed. So he'd always lead. Because I was a drummer yeah. too, and the Hunter Brothers, he would always lead with his left hand. Wow! So his drum fills took on a whole nother vibe. Yeah, so, yeah. they were very melodic and, and they're bouncy and melodic drum fills. You know, he knew when not to. He said, "I'd wait for them to shut up, then I do a drum yeah. fill." Well, you know, the, the, the whole TV thing, the whole <laughs> That's TV the best that, way that, it. that you guys were doing. I mean, you t we were talking about pop culture before, and you know, uh, you see that you were appearing with like you know, Captain Kangaroo, and then you appear on the love boat, <laughs> yeah. and then all the way full circle of Family Guy. I mean, pop culture yeah, from beginning to start, uh, beginning to end. Well, you know what the end. weird thing was? The fact that we were on TV actually destroyed our musical career. Oh, yeah. Because we started out, we started out as like a rock right. band, and we were kicking ass, and what am I doing? Did I just lose something? Yeah. No, yeah. no, you're good. We're doing some great shit. And then when television came along, it, everyone was getting busted. Yeah. The monkeys weren't real. Yeah. The Partridge family wasn't real. So they went, oh, who are those funny guys? But we were the other way around. They straightened our hair. They stuffed our pants. Yeah. And we became <laughs> like a television band. And it virtually took the music and, and didn't make it serious. But did right. people think, because that, but you guys, were you, were you <clears throat> accused somewhat of not being a real band, just like the monkeys, just like uh, Partridge? No, no, you don't. No, we, we weren't. Because when you saw us on the Johnny Carson mm -hmm. show, we kicked ass. Because we could sing, we could harmonize beyond the Bee Gees. I got my own Robert Plant, Steven Tyler. I could scream. Carmine, you heard me do it. It's just like, what the fuck? I remember, I remember you told me the story. He said they offered him so much money at the time that you couldn't refuse it. I couldn't say no. So how, no. Did, how did you get onto the? I mean, it was obviously I believe it was Sonny and Cher that broke you, right? How did you get yeah. onto this? Because you wound up actually mm. uh, uh, being the summer replacement show. Yeah, we were like regulars on the show from time to time. What ended up happening? We were at a party in in Hollywood, and it's when when Led Zeppelin tried to set Elton John on fire. We were at this party, <laughs> and we were sitting there, and this guy sat down started talking to us, and he found out we were brothers. And you know, we were cocky, and we were funny, and we were much better looking than I am now. 
And he thought, wow, that's great. And in walked Elton John in a pink satin oh. suit with a, a satin Afro wig. And, and we all said hello because we were signed to his label. Hi, Elton. And he goes into the other room. And then Led Zeppelin walks uh. and they, And they just reeked of coolness. All of them walked in, went to, the, went to the bar, took a drink. They leaned over and they saw Elton in the dining room. Uh. And Bonham said, hey, look, there's the poof. Let's set him on fire. <laughs> and they took out their lighters and lit their lighters and started walking towards Elton. And he went like, ah! And he ran. They chased him. He jumped into the pool. And I'm thinking, wow, this is what rock and roll was like. Then the guy said, I think you guys are funny. Come to CBS and do a screen test. We went there. They liked it. Boom. The next mm. thing you know, there we were. It took us eight years to get there, but they thought it was overnight. Nice. Uh. But kind of destroyed the musical career because television wasn't ready. It was pre-MTV. Yeah. So virtually it's like, oh, those TV guys, <laughs> as opposed to, well, they're a rock band that can really play. Right. So but you, it screwed it up. But, you know, you live with it. I made up for it later on when I started songwriting for other people. You know, so. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. And now, my God, if I could be a proud father. Sarah. Time, my daughter, Sarah. He wrote Dark Horse yep. for Katy Perry and just the Grammy for Dua Lipa, Levitating. Wow. That's my kid. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. That's my daughter. Yeah. Congrats. So she's writing. I wrote her an email and said, Sarah, please keep writing hits. Pretty soon dad's going to be in a diaper. I'm going to need a <laughs> She can start taking care of me. But now they're all doing her music and it's pretty but unbelievable. She's, uh, she was, I mean, proud. definitely one of the, the, the most one of the most popular up and coming performers, and it was really cool to see her uh, come into uh, come into her her writing chops age with Katie. I mean, amazing. Right, right. Well, you know what it was because when she had her record deal, it was a real good record, and I got all my you know Steven sang background, Ozzy sang back. I did as much dad cool. stuff as I could do, but the day the record came out, the president of the label quit become the head of Columbia Records and everything went wow. to hell. So she was devastated. I tried to say to her, Sarah, this business is really tough. You're going to hear no so much you'll think you're married. It's just <laughs> not right. And she goes, Dad, I got to do this. And I begged her not to, but she did. And then after about six years of her busting her ass, it paid off. Now she's doing Leapid, Mickey Minaj, Justin Bieber, I mean, I don't know anything about that music, so I'm really out of it. Good for her, man. I tell you, it's yeah. really That's something. Awesome. Maybe, you know, she could do a little collaboration with Dirty Honey. <clears throat> like, hey, she's working with this kid now called Kid, kid Blood, some English punk guy. And he's ever so, oh, he's a like, like talking Sid Vicious. And so she wants to spread herself out so she's not just doing a right. style. Yeah. She says, and I, one thing that I taught her, write a good song. And I don't care. Ozzy's done my songs. Hanson has done my song. Jars of Clay, the refried Christians. A whole bunch of people have done my music. Write a good song. Let them worry about how to ruin it. Yeah. Uh, you guys work with uh, Man of Mayhem, haven't you? Yeah. Excuse me? I did. I mean, uh, you, did you guys write together? Or was it performance? Everything. Yeah, no, I produced her first. Oh, really? And, and and she was sort of like, 
always wanted to be really heavy. And at that point, you know, the heavy rock stuff wasn't flavor of the week. But she wanted to stay true to it. And I could not think better that she was being true to her mm -hmm. art. That's really cool. And rare. So, that's rare. That's cool. That's rare. It is rare. And you know yeah. what? If you're wrong, go wrong big. <laughs> if you're right, It's God like bless. if you make a mistake, play it louder, it's, right, Karn? That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Do it again Absolutely. and repeat it. And repeat it. John yep. and Corey, you know, the, the music style today, obviously, so much of it is is uh uh crap well crap <laughs> it's it's well it's manufactured it's it's i mean it's another genre you know that's all being done yeah, yeah. uh as opposed to you know straight guitar licks and banging on the on the drums you know that kind of a thing um do you find it uh, uh, uh i mean how much of that is part of of your world and if it's not a big part of your world how, how are you i don't know what the word is like battling that uh, uh, that that strong influence that's out there because maybe you're thinking you know we got to be more relevant in today's music we got to add all this kind of stuff that's yeah. manufactured how you battling that we just uh don't think that way um and we just keep a heavy i keep a heavy dose of music that came out from like 67 to like 92 oh, that's crap music yeah. and that's a stretch that's really my favorites like six really my favorites like Favorite, 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 favorite? Like the red hot for me is like the Nixon years plus a year on either side wow. or two. Like 67 to 76. Yeah. And that's just from yeah, rating. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Yeah, and that's just from rating my mom's record collection. Yeah. And, you know, and just being like, that's just who I happen to be at, at you know. and uh, Yeah, you know what? And you don't have to be anybody else. And that's how you know, we feel lucky that there's a lane for us to do this, mm -hmm. you know, because yeah. we're doing yeah, us. But, you know, Shakespeare said that uh -oh. and true. Yep. Be who you are. Yeah. This is what I look like. My pajamas are just fucked up. <laughs> if you don't like this, don't look at it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't want to hear the songs, don't listen. But be true to yourself. Yeah. Stay that way, you guys, and it's going to work. Well, well, to say that you that. guys... Just gonna take one to say that there's a lane for you guys, that's a big deal because, you know, anybody today would think about today's music and, and to say mm -hmm. that, yeah, well, there's a lane for real rock and rollers, old school style rock and rollers as far from a structure standpoint. You almost would think that doesn't exist. So I can say on behalf of yeah. us four and everybody out there, we're happy that you guys are going down that lane because, you know, yeah. all, I mean, most music today is on a laptop and that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's we're yeah, but it's, yeah. we're in the program. You're looking era. at Greta Van Stench, and then you're looking at Foo Fighters. There are guys that are playing guitars, mm -hmm. yeah, and definitely, you know what yeah. I mean, definitely. Jack White, there are guys that are doing it. Yeah, you just gotta find someone to believe in it. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah, I just I was just featured in a in the in this month's Guitar World awesome. actually, and it the, the article is about it's called the new wave of classic rock. Which our manager says never say about ourselves, but um, <laughs> but, uh, but um, there's a cool little uh, corral of acts that are you know uh, that it features Doing is really that. cool. Doing and obviously, that. Greta Van Fleet was in there too and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah. that's, really what, cool. that's what Kodiak does. Kodiak does Van Halen. Okay, yeah. they're like a new Van Halen kind. What of do you mean they do Van yeah. Halen? Is it is it like the style? There are the style, style. Of Van Halen style with the guitar, the way Eddie played in the old days. And uh, good, good trio of a band and a lead singer. The singer sounds more like uh, maybe Def Leppard, you know. So sort yeah. of like Def Leppard with Van Halen, 
know? Yeah, that's that's a good assessment. Yeah. That's what, when I, I, heard I have done. a question for the brothers. Yeah. It, I, it's probably annoying, but because uh, <laughs> I don't like this question either, but um, I'm going to do it to you. Do you have, do each of you have a, a record that you've done? I know you've done so many, but do you have a record that is the most special to you that you've done? Holy Diver. Yeah, that's a good one. I have it right here in my vinyl collection. One. Yeah. Well, that that's easy for Vinny because he hasn't done as many as me. <laughs> <laughs> but I've done but it more Don't important start. records but, than but. his. <laughs> Don't, but, Don't make me turn this podcast. Quality, not quantity. Yeah, yeah. quality. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't know. You know, for me, I don't know because I love the Blue Murder record. Yeah. I love the uh -huh. BBA record. I love the record with Rod Stewart. I love <clears throat> Cactus. Yeah. It could uh, be know, even just like a personal fudge, memory. You know, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, I mean, the, the funniest memory I have is when we recorded You Keep Me Hanging On. It was recorded in a one-take mono with oh, wow. vocals and everything all at once. And if you listen to the, the one part of the organ where it's the organ by itself, one of my sticks dropped off my bass drum because <laughs> we didn't have stick bags in those days. You had the, the two sticks were laid on the bass drum, and one of them, the extra pair of sticks, one of them fell off the bass drum, and you could actually hear it fall to the floor. Right? Oh, I love so, that. So that. That's so cool. And I always say that song was seven and a half minutes long that changed my life. Did you play the, the stick that fell off that, when you played live? When you played well, live, did you do the stick falling off live too? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Yeah, you got to do it again. Actually, did, did I never. I never louder the second I, time. I never no, knew no. that, and I know what party's talking about. I listened to that as a kid, you know, when that yeah. came out. Jeez. Oh wow, that's cool. and you heard that, right? Yeah, I, I didn't yeah, know what I, I didn't know too. what it was. And, and the other thing, which is great about it, at the end, Tim Bogart bangs his bass like with his hand. He was one of the first guys to play like, boom, 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 you know, and it sounded like double bass drums. So everybody thought it was my bass drum doing. Oh that. wow, that's cool. And it wasn't. It was Tim's bass. You know? Was it? Was it the fact that it was like the digit? Uh, sorry, the the tape analog era, like the way tape cost. Yes. Hello. Oh, totally, totally. Was that why those no, things happened? happened? It was like, hey. Yeah, because you you're doing like, and that was a demo we did. It was just right. a demo with Shadow Moore, the up. producer, and we. We went in there and uh, we just went and set up. We've been playing the thing live forever. And every time we played that that song, the people would stop what they were doing and walk up to the front of the stage and watch us play it. Because we were so dramatic in our approach and showmanship and all that. Uh -huh. And so we just went in and did a demo, you know? But the biggest and song that you've done, one take. One take, mono, everything. I mean, we've That's done other amazing. songs over our career that we did one take, but then you had to put the vocals on, you know, right. but this was done everything at one time. We, was, we did some, like uh, on Holy Diver, we did half a takes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even need to finish it. Hey, guys, check this out. I'm actually in a session. What are you doing? And there you see. Him in the I, I'm, I'm actually in a session. There goes Paul Santo Hi. from Aerosmith. Hey, Earl hey, Slips, Heidi. Oh. Hi, guys. From everything. Steve Holly from Wings, hey. the top of Mario McNulty's head, <laughs> Jeff Matthews, we're in the studio, and this is where we all should be. Yeah, yeah right? Making a hey, record. I'm, I'm in my studio. Hey, just send yeah. us the address. Hey. Send us the address. We can come studio. over. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> I'm in New York, though. Okay, well, we'll just quick fly over. Well, all you guys, I'll tell you what, this was a great show because you got, you know, 
in all the good ways, the old and the new, mashing up together. Classics. That's, that's why. That's why we did this when when we were going to put Dirty Honey on. So let's put them on with Mark because it'll be it's like good, the Armand, old because and I the understand. New, you know. Yeah, but I also understand. I understand you guys, yeah. and I think what you're doing is great. Well, I pre and don't let anyone tell you to do anything different. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you. I mean, really, yeah, just yeah. just keep doing it, and it's all going to work itself yeah, out. They're right. doing it, and it's just going to take to take one Mama <laughs> Luke to go. That band is great, no, right? And then when that happens, boom, you'll take off, and then you'll be like Greta Van Stench, and we won't do the show anymore. <laughs> That's right, guys. Don't ever change it. If you do, don't forget where you parked your car. Anyway, yeah. you guys, Absolutely. listen, it's been a great show. Oh. Thank you so much. The yeah, legendary Mark wow. Hudson. Thank you for being with us. Peace, guys. John Noto. Thanks, Benny. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you, Mark. Great Coverstone. Thanks okay. for being with us. Dirty Honey, another great week of hanging and banging. Artists on lockdown. Don't forget to smash that like button. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Our Facebook pages, our um, YouTube channel. You hear us on iHeartRadio. We're going nuts on this show. Artists on Lockdown, hanging on bang hanging and banging every Thursday night with the Abuse Brothers and myself, Ronald Nesty. We'll see you next week right here on Hanging and Banging. Have a great week, guys. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.